church? Hell no. Are you no longer feeling comfortable in church? This podcast is for individuals who are desperately missing God, but don't know how to find Him. Substance abuse, domestic violence, sex offenses, acrimonious divorce can contribute to discomfort in the church. For these individuals, church is just not an option anymore. Ordained minister Dennis Hall and his guests invite you to listen to this podcast for topics that are inspiring, uplifting, and will bring hope to those who just feel church is not relevant in their lives today. I'm Dennis Hall, and we're delighted that you're listening to this podcast today. Uh, We have as our guest today, Pastor George Worley at the New Creation Restoration Church and Prison Ministry in Indianapolis, Indiana. Welcome back to the podcast, George. Hey, buddy. I'm glad to be here this morning. (laughs) Good, good. You know, uh, golly, there's so much going on in our country. It's just uh, unbelievable. I sat down at at a lunch bar yesterday, and a guy was sitting right next to me. And we began to talk about uh, the things that are going on in the country. And we said a lot to each other. But, but his final comment to me as I was leaving, he said, uh, and he knew I was a pastor. He said, uh, he said, you know, we're really headed in the wrong direction, aren't we? <laughs> and as I left, I said, I think you're right. Yep, we're yeah. definitely headed in the wrong direction. I know that. Yeah. Well, uh i tell you what caught my attention in the last few days is this big police incident in uh, Memphis where uh, uh, back on July 7th at approximately 8.22 uh, p.m. in the evening, a, a group of police stopped a young Afro-American uh, man who allegedly was driving recklessly And really, the entire nation seemed to be riveted by this video that we saw on TV of of, uh, five Afro-American police officers jerking this man out of a car and then proceeding to beat him senseless, even taking turns, kicking him in the head. And um, he ended up being taken to the hospital, spent three days in the hospital, and then died. And uh, all of these police officers have now been charged with murder. And uh, even others who were there, you know, with the fire department, the medics and others have been fired uh, because of, uh, I think, being charged with uh, uh, not attending to the man properly uh, during this situation. Uh, You know, I would say that I wasn't really surprised to see and hear this. Uh, It's happened too often. Did you have the same kind of reaction? Oh, it's going on all all over the nation. Uh, The same incidents one right after another. And, uh, you know, uh, it's I really think in my heart uh, that the police officers today, they have always been able to do whatever is necessary to uh, stop a crime or avoid a crime or stop people from getting hurt, but they're carrying, they're carrying it way too far now. Yeah. You know, uh, it's just an interesting situation to admit that we're seeing this on a somewhat 
regular basis. Now, I want to say up front, I'm not trying to, if anything I say today is not meant to defend police officers who are doing something that's unlawful and wrong. And now I'm also not trying to defend victims who may have provoked a situation um, that ended tragically. So nothing I say is intended to do that. But, you know, I began to think about just the whole idea of murder. These these guys have been charged with murder. And I thought about, well, murder, murder in the scripture, you know, right in in the beginning of the Bible, in chapter four of Genesis, uh, we get to look at the first murder in the scripture when Cain kills his brother Abel. You know, this this clearly, according to scripture, was some kind of premeditated murder, and it was over jealousy. You know, jealousy over uh, how, uh, you know, Cain felt God was treating Abel over him. And I think about the murders I hear about today that's all about jealousy. Sometimes it's jealousy in romantic relationships. Sometimes it's jealousy about people's assets or somebody gets killed because they are jealous of what the other person has. And so it seems like, you know, jealousy drives a lot of the murders in our society. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, here in Indiana, it's, it's every day you turn the TV on and there's a new kind of murder or killing or something uh, every day, sometimes two or three every day. Uh, you know, uh, I guess, uh, you know, per capita, uh, Indiana has the worst crime rate uh, as Chicago. Uh, and, you know, uh, but you hear it, hear of it every day of some type of a murder. You don't hear of that police brutality every day. But you hear hear about it someplace where some officer is taking uh, his authority uh, out of hand. Sure. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, incidents like that that don't make the national news that are just small in a community somewhere where uh, there's a police officer who has done something that's inappropriate. You know, uh, uh, you know, I think about, uh, you know, our famous Moses in the scripture who led God's people out of bondage. And, and we think of him. And, uh, and of course, those of us who know the story of Moses also know that he was also a murderer. You know, he killed a, uh, an Egyptian for beating a Hebrew man. And then he hid the evidence. You know, again, we have in the scripture this this example of premeditated uh, uh, murder and again why for revenge and we see the same thing happening today in our society you know somebody uh, hurts somebody you know hurts some a family member uh, uh you know hurts a spouse or child even in the motorcycling world you know we see you know some uh, motorcycle club uh, feel like they've been dishonored by another motorcycle club and so there is a revenge killing that takes place. There is. Yeah. There definitely is. And, you know, uh, I'm glad you don't see that much. And uh, as you and I would know what they call the brotherhood, but, uh, you know, you do see that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, when it's when it all boiled down, uh, not that we're at the end of this podcast by any means uh, or this video, but, uh 
you know, God gives forgiveness. Right now, the focus is on these uh, five officers that uh, beat this man literally to death. You know, there's uh, six families that is absolutely ruined now. Right. Today. That uh, will, some of them won't even be able to face tomorrow. You know. know. Uh, and and how many more killings is going to happen because of these uh, this mistake? Yeah. You know, people taking uh, uh, taking this out of hand. Right. Exactly. You know, uh, uh, and then and then uh, I even think about the Apostle Paul. You know, a devout Jew, a godly man. You know, before his conversion, he he hated Christians and was the cause of their murder. And over in Acts 7, you know, 54 through 59, it tells us how Paul participated in the murder of Stephen, one of our important early preachers in the first century church. And uh, and this is, uh, you know, we, we kind of refer to this kind of thing as genocide. So, you know, right now in our own country, we look across the country and we see all groups like Asians and uh, Jews being attacked in our own country here in the United States simply because they're Asian or Jews. And I know that the Afro-American community also uh, uh, maintains that they're being uh, persecuted. But there are other groups in our society that are, are being equally persecuted and physically and sometimes murdered simply because they're Asian Jew or maybe Afro-American. Who knows? Yes. Uh, but it, but it's been happening since the beginning of time. It has been, and you know, you spoke about that. I thought I thought about the uh, lady that stabbed that other young lady in the back on the bus. You know, uh, and that's what that was. That was just an absolute hate crime. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's happening everywhere, and just as you said, I mean, there's. Uh, there's times it's happening in places it's not even reported. Uh, right. And it's it is a sad thing, you know, uh, but uh, I am just, you know, you may say, made the right statement when you're talking about uh, the Apostle Paul. Uh, he uh, he may have murdered prior to his uh, concept of Jesus Christ. Right. His conversion his conversion but you know uh uh you know only thing we can do is pray and seek god on these folks behalves uh you know through it all they may have a conversion right you know uh you know then we have in the scripture a guy like david you know who the scripture tells us was uh, a man after god's own heart and, uh, you know, God eventually had a righteous relationship with David. But, you know, along the way, David was an adulterer who arranged for his lover's husband to be killed. And so, you know, today, I mean, over and over again, we see people being killed, murdered, other things happening to them because of these sexual relationships and these human relationships. And so somebody decides they're going to kill, uh, you know, arrange for their 
one of the partners to be killed. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, that is so sad. You know, um, uh, people have so much, uh, lust going on that, uh, that they can't contain themselves. Uh, and then it ends up in the murder, uh, you know, and it, that just wrecks different families and, and everybody that's involved. And, you know, it, I guess one of the things I can't get out of my mind this morning is how many families are ruined day after day because of, uh, the fleshy desires that individuals has for one another or the jealousy, you know, yeah. I mean, it is so sad. Yeah. Well, these characters we're talking about in the scripture, you know, he kind of, and there are many, many other descriptions in the scripture of oh, horrendous yes. murders that took place. But, but the ones that I've mentioned, you know, we're, we're talking about greed, power, sex, revenge, and even some hate reasons. And, uh, it's no wonder that in the Ten Commandments, you know, God singled this deviancy of mankind out, where among his Ten Commandments is, you shall not murder. You shall not murder. Now, it must have been not uncommon uh, for God to have singled that out. He realized that his creation had a deviancy, had a propensity to murder. Yep. And yeah, you, you know, you are, you are right. When you come to facts with, uh, you know, the word of God, the word of God is there to give us instructions and to lead us and to guide us. Uh, and those, those, I like to say those of us, the human race that doesn't have Jesus don't understand, uh, you know, the, the concept of loving one another or, uh, you know, just not wanting to hurt somebody or, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments gives us a law to live by. Right. And yeah, one of the commandments is thou shalt not murder, you know. Right. There shall not cover thy neighbor's wife. Right. You know, or the yeah. neighbor's things, you know, yeah. and that's all jealousy and sex and rage and uh, a lifestyle that is just crazy yeah you know in matthew 5 jesus really spoke to this himself you know he alluded to the teaching thou shalt murder and then he went on to say interestingly look if you're filled with anger that anger and rage we're talking about he, he went on to say you're going to be judged for that you know you cannot you cannot allow yourself to have anger and rage which frequently can lead to violence and sometimes murder. Yeah, you know, you're talking about rage. I'm thinking about some individual in a car or a vehicle yeah. that is just uh, beside themselves because they can't pass you or uh, maybe you're blocking the way or something and then before it's over with, uh, there's some type of a, a violent issue that comes out of all that. But, you know, uh, uh I, I keep going back and keep thinking of the word of God, you know, uh, yeah. how, how we, how we need Jesus. Yeah. You know, these, uh, incidents with the police, <clears throat> I think they're rare, but they're not uncommon. 
I mean, I do think most of the police officers out there are able to deal with circumstances uh, in a in a legal, lawful way. Uh, and then as I begin to think about all of this, I begin to think about, well, what other settings have we seen this happen in? You know, in World War II, there were lots of reports of indiscriminate killing of unarmed civilians by both the uh, U.S. troops and especially the Russian troops who were our allies during World War II. And it's kind of interesting just to reflect, you know, one of the things that happened then and is happened in every war is the derisive names that the military called those who they were uh, fighting against. And, you know, referring to the Germans as Krauts and Ratsies and and uh, even other uh, derisive names. And, and, you know, one of the things that seems to go on is uh, the calling of certain groups of people names. You know, there are horrible names for the Jewish people, even today in our society and, and Asians and other. And it seems to be part of this mentality to look at others as though they're some kind of, they're sort of subhuman. Well, you know, those people, uh, you know, I still have to uh, uh, reflect back on uh, the word of God that uh, those that those that look at other individuals like that are those people who don't have God in their life. And it I is. Uh, right. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's you can't even love mankind if you don't have the love of Jesus in you. Why? Because you don't portray that. I know I remember what life was for me. Uh, yeah. Before Jesus. Right. You know, I was, uh, uh, they tried to commit, convict me one time of murder or attempt to murder. I should say not murder, but attempt to murder. And, uh, I began to hurt somebody, uh, beyond control. And, uh, and I just kept on and kept on. Yeah. When, when I had already won and it was over, uh, I had a point to prove, and uh, I was out to do that. Yeah. But, um, you know, they couldn't yeah. prove that I was really like that, and I wasn't. Uh, I believe it was all self-defense is what drove me to where I was at. But, right. uh, you know, that was before Jesus was in my life. Right. Yeah. You that know, was before I looked to God. Yeah. Many of us who grew up in uh, – uh, we'll say rough neighborhoods <laughs> there you go in our youth probably had some similar experiences i i know i did uh in in my early years you know uh uh during the korean war there was something that's referred to as the no gun massacre massacre and uh, on july 26 in 1950 nearly 300 Koreans, mostly women and children, were gunned down by the U.S. 7th Cavalry Troops. And uh, this has been, there have been movies made about this, books written about it. And uh, you say, well, how is it that a group of people, uh, especially during the 1950s, come out of what's professed as a Christian nation, are able to gun down what clearly was innocent women and children, caring children, trying to hide from the gunfire, 
et cetera. You know, what, what is it that causes that to happen? Uh, you know, what, what breaks down in the human to allow that to happen? Now, I know it was a war, but, you know, even in a war zone, the dignity of humanity is required by international law. Yeah, that is, that's a very sad thing that those kind of things happen. You know, I mean, you look at uh, uh, the things that are even happening in our schools, you know, where uh, someone would go in and be carrying an automatic rifle and uh, uh, with the intention of really hurting somebody and really has no point. You know, they're not standing up for no different type of a rights group or anything like that. They just, uh, they're possessed. Yeah. Uh, you know, and in those cases, in most of those instances, we have a single gunman. There's one or two instances where there's been two, but uh, typically it's one or two people. But, you know, in this case, we have a whole, uh, you know, uh, a whole unit of the 7th Cavalry. And then... In Vietnam, we had a similar incident referred to as the My Lai Massacre that took place in uh, 1968, where a platoon of the 23rd Infantry Division uh, murdered at least 300 Vietnamese civilians. And, uh, you know, part of that story is there was a helicopter pilot, one of our military helicopters that saw what was going on and landed in his helicopter in between the U.S. troops and the fleeing civilians and told his uh, gunner, his door gunner, he said, uh, he said, uh, I want you to fire on the Americans if they refuse to break off this chase. There were rapes and sexual assaults that were reported that day. And uh, 13 enlisted men and uh, officers were charged with war crimes. But uh, interestingly, only the platoon leader, uh, Lieutenant Callie, was convicted and he ended up only serving six months in prison for this. Um, and again, you ask the question, how in the world, you know, does a whole platoon, a whole platoon uh, spiral down into that kind of lack of morality, uh, even in a war zone, a whole platoon of people, you know. And again, we, we find during both the Korean War and the, and Vietnam, you know, we had, the military had derisive names for uh, uh, for the opposing forces, for the Vietnamese and the Koreans. They were called gooks, zipperheads, and other things. Uh, you know, again, it was almost like they're not human. Right. Well, you know, when we're, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not taking up or defending either either side, but when we're in war, you know, I like to say that it's probably a different situation, but uh, but the innocent murders of uh, uh, of mothers and children and uh, even fathers, it uh, has nothing to do with the war, uh, but they're just innocent bystanders and all they're doing is trying to live and uh, and have a lifestyle that is uh good for their families and then something tragic like that happens uh you know i'd be like anyone else what possessed those guys right and it was and it was probably you know i use the word possessed they were probably just possessed uh 
you know, the devil tries to destroy everything that is good uh, out there, you know, uh, and everything that God does that is good, the devil comes along with a counterfeit. Right, exactly. You know, even in our latest uh, conflict, the Afghan war, um, you know, according to Amnesty International, uh, they claim that there were thousands of uh, civilians tortured, killed, injured by U.S. troops. And there were several prosecutions that came out of the Afghan war. And again, you know, we find, uh, you know, the names that we, I say we, our military, especially called the, uh, you know, called the Afghans. They, you know, called them ragheads, manners, uh, locust eaters, uh, just any kind of derisive name they could use <clears throat> was tagged on to the Afghan people. And so incidents occurred, you know. And you're asking that question, how could it happen? How could it happen? Yeah. You know, and why? Yeah. And why? You know, um, the uh, uh, you see, the reason I began to think about those is thinking about the same situation. This was not just one police officer in Memphis. Uh, it wasn't the, the uh, just one police officer and several other incidents that we've had. It was a group, and in this case in Memphis, it was six, six taking turns kicking a man in the head. And you say, you know, how could this happen? And, and it caused me to think about these military incidents and ask the question, have we as a society put our police in a war zone? Well, <laughs> you know, what a question. You yeah. Know, uh, in some area, uh, in some areas, in every city, it's like living in a war zone. Right. You know, yeah. uh, you know, people double locking their doors and uh, driving nails in their windows. so They can't be opened up. And, you know, just one thing right after another, because they're trying to hang on to their possessions or try to keep their family safe. Uh, from everything that's happening outside of that door. And, you know, mothers and fathers trembling every day when they have to send their children out to the bus stop because they don't know if they're going to return or sending them to school, not knowing what's going to happen there. You know, I was in the public school system and um, it was it was like being in uh, a, a war zone all the time. Yeah, see, that's and, several years ago. Yeah, that was a lot of years ago, you know, 50 some years ago that uh, it was like that. And I can only imagine what it's like today. You know, yeah. uh, our my son is not in a and none of my children was ever in a Indianapolis public school like me and their mother were. Uh, so uh, we don't have to worry about that because we live in a suburb. But some people wonder you know, uh, could it happen in those areas? And, you know, just uh, one county in the same county we live in, just in another school system, standing at a bus stop. An individual just opens and fires on, on another young man over right. some kind of jealousy crime. Yeah. You know, but uh, 
Well, see, we have our, seen it. We yeah, have seen our officers in go war zone. Right, and and uh, you know, you think about. Uh, I mean, I I know I'm sort of focused on the thing that happened in Memphis because it's so recent. But you know, here these guys were part of a special group uh, uh, that they referred to as the Scorpion Unit. They were formed because the violence and the crimes in Memphis had gotten so intense that they had to have a special policing unit to address it. And so you send these officers into these neighborhoods for day in and day out, you know, on duty. There are shootings, killings, uh, you know, bloodshed on a regular basis. And you say this this is somebody something that somebody's doing for their entire career every day. And so you begin to say, just like in these uh, military situations, you know, we can come up with all kinds of reasons about why this happens, but I'm not sure that God created a human being that uh, can deal with this kind of stress and the threat of being killed yourself. You know, how many police officers in the last year across America were killed? are assaulted, you know, lots. And so that kind of stress has an impact on the uh, on the human being and causes people to spiral down into a level of morality that God does not want. You know, that God said in the want. Ten Commandments, you know, you cannot murder. And so, uh, you know, I hear people saying things like, uh, well, these police need more training. Well, you know, these police need better supervision. Well, these, uh, uh, you know, that we need better personnel selection so we don't have people that might have this propensity higher. Or the one I find quite interesting is this is all because of some kind of white supremacy problem that exists in police forces. In this case, uh, we have, you know, five... <laughs> have Afro-American police officers, and, and we still hear people saying, well, it's because they were uh, somehow brainwashed by white supremacists. And uh, all these things being said, and uh, and I think you already in this podcast have alluded to the problem, and that is, uh, you know, we're all just kind of moments away from violence of some kind. Uh, because we're human beings. And uh, and uh, so you say, well, what keeps us? You know, what keeps us away from that? And you've already spoken about it earlier in this podcast. Well, yeah. you know, uh, and, and you're right. I don't think it has any, I don't think it has anything to do with a racial problem whatsoever. I don't, I don't I don't think it's a white thing. I don't think it's a black thing. I think that the problem is uh is there just a lot of crime out there and you're sent you're you're training officers to go get killed every day no that's not that's not what they're trained for they're trained to uh keep law and order but it seems like that our officers are being now I'm not defending uh right. those officers at all but what drives it why did they have to make a special force in Memphis to handle these situations. And now these individuals, these officers has handled a situation. You know, uh, they, 
this is the way I look. And they probably knew this all this guy that they pulled over. They probably or uh, know people like him. You know, they don't never know when they pull someone over what's going to happen. Right. You know, especially yeah. in in this area where these officers were at. Uh, but. I mean, yes, I know it doesn't give them rights to just right. uh, kill somebody. No, we can't justify the actions. But hit the question, I think, for society is uh, what do we do about this? And and I think you already alluded to it earlier, and that is if you don't have a relationship with God and Jesus, then our neighbors, other people, uh, are we're going to lose the dignity of mankind. We're going to lose the dignity of our neighbors and think of them as something less than human. And so in these war zones and in the neighborhoods where police are having to deal with this day in and day out, if we don't find a way to bring faith into their daily work, I'm talking about into the police Amen. force itself, uh, we're, we're doing a disservice to the community and the police. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm a chaplain at, a, at the county jail and, uh, I've always wanted to do not only minister to uh, individuals that are incarcerated, but also to, for our officers. But, uh, you know, I know that I know that the problem has been uh, the way I look. Uh, I don't look like a Jesus guy uh, by any means, but uh, I love Jesus with all my heart. And I really uh, I would really like to have a job. All my work at the county jails are all free. That's volunteer work. But I'd really like to have a job to be there every morning when they meet before they go out to do their service every day uh, and be able to pray with those officers and just allow God to be in their lives and yes. leave something that they would think about all day long. Yeah, see, that, that what you're describing, and of course you're describing it from a, a place of incarceration, but what you're describing is what I'm suggesting is going to have to happen in our police forces, and that is there, we're going to, ha as a community, we're going to have to invest in having people of faith, chaplains, embedded in our police forces. And by that I mean... You know, if there's someone of faith talking with them before the shift start, that there's somebody in faith that periodically rides in the neighborhood with an officer who's there, whose presence is there, and nothing more as a reminder uh, to those officers who are having to police in what you and I are describing as a modern-day war zone, that the people that are being policed are God's creation, people that we need to treat with dignity, and Jesus says love. Amen. And I'm saying if you don't have that individual around to help remind us of godly teaching, then incidents like what happened in Memphis is going to occur on the same kind of regular basis that's now occurring. Absolutely. God is the only thing going to change those individuals, amen. That's uh, right. With, without God in our lives, 
look where we were at before we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Right. Right. You know, exactly. Uh, uh, I was reading this morning in John chapter three and verse three. Uh, and it, it, the story was about Nicodemus, how Nicodemus come out in the middle of the night to seek out Jesus. And Jesus told him, said, unless you're born again, you'll never enter into the kingdom of God. You know, right. if these officers or somebody around them is not born again so they can instruct and help and guide these individuals, it's going to continue to do the exact yeah, same thing. And, and, and the guy I was having lunch with, he and I were talking about this, and he said, yes, I agree. That's what needs to be happening, but we're headed in the wrong direction. In other words, we've got a society that's minimizing the role of faith matters. Come on, minimizing man. the roles of God, and in the community too, and in the places where our officers are having to police, um, the same things going on. You say, well, why are all these killings, shootings, occurring in these communities? And again, when you look at what's happening in those communities in terms of faith, churches, families. Uh, it's pretty clear that, uh, you know, unless unless we as a society begin to intentionally try to do something about this, these communities are going to continue to spiral down and we're going to continue to see this lack of morality in the community that's going to continue to make it very, very difficult for a police force, especially one that doesn't have the resources that you and I are talking about. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, and I really do believe uh, that all of the, all of the police forces and all of the police departments and uh, whether big, small or otherwise, I believe all of them have access to it, but the men that are in charge, they don't have no desire to change the way things are happening. If well, they had a desire, they'd find a way. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think, you know, I mean, at least my experience has been, you know, you may have a major police department uh, like the county that I'm in right here as I sit right here in Fernandina Beach, Florida, Nassau County. Uh, they probably have a chaplain for that whole uh, sheriff's department here in this county. Sure. But one chaplain is not enough. It's no. not enough for a police force that size. And I'm just saying that across the board, all across America, if we're serious about doing something about this problem, then we have got to invest in this resource in our police departments. And we and it's got to be commensurate with the size of that police force. Can't be just one chaplain for a whole police force. Come in a on. big city, you know, this can't right. be, it's not going to work. And not only that, do we really have the will as a society to turn, really turn to God to help us with this problem? Yeah, God's the only way. Right. Let me say this, uh, Pastor George, as we end this podcast, uh, uh, you know, I appreciate men of faith like you who are willing to talk about current issues in our society. And let me just say to our listeners, you know, each and every one of us, the scripture tells us we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory 
of God. And, and, and I'm convinced that every single one of us uh, is capable of horrible uh, violence and even, uh, you know, assaulting and even injuring somebody or even killing somebody if the circumstances around us are, are right or maybe I should say wrong. You know, sometimes we brutally attack people verbally in ways that are not physical, even. And as uh, Pastor George and I have been saying throughout this podcast, we can't overcome that on our own. The only way we can overcome that is by relying on Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that can live within us. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Pastor George, thank you for being with me again. God bless you. Have a great day. Yeah, God bless you, man.